You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities and solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. We were analyzing uh, something different, a web proxy, a component that's usually associated with advanced persistent threats with very targeted attacks. That's Bogdan Bodazatu, a senior e-thread analyst at Bitdefender. And while looking in a library for that web proxy, we realized that we had some samples that were not part of an advanced targeted attack, but other of a commercial operation. Uh, so we started looking into into this piece of malware powered by by the web proxy, and we realized it was a bank of Trojan that could be used for cyber espionage purposes. This happened somewhere in January 2017. It took us a while to to analyze to go through its code, and we eventually came up with this paper. Why don't you start off by giving us a description of uh, what does Terdo do? Uh, Terdo is a conventional banker trojan. It's uh, a piece of malware that can uh, inject uh, different other forms in your e-banking logins or can um, seize information about your uh, account in real time. Or even worse, for some banks, it can hijack uh, banking transactions by modifying the amounts of money and the destination accounts for those transactions. Uh, Because it lives in your browser, it doesn't really uh, require special permissions uh, from the bank because the bank would see 
uh, that activity as originating on your behalf. And because it also sits in the middle of the transaction, it can also manipulate the bank's responses to uh, trick the user into thinking that the transaction went as planned, while in fact, the transaction had been hijacked to a different account. So uh, Terdo is based on the 2011 Zeus source code, is that correct? Yes, uh, Zeus was a very powerful piece of malware at that at that time. Uh, it, it has served as inspiration for a number of uh, malware fam- families like Carburb, uh, Kins, uh, now Turdo, and most likely IceID, the, la- the latest banker Trojan that has made the news uh, a couple of days ago. By open sourcing this code, uh, the Zeus original developers have triggered uh, an entire chain of, of infections that still uh, makes victims up until now. And one of the things that makes Terdo uh, so powerful is that beyond just being a banker Trojan, it can get its hooks into a lot of other things. We can understand uh, the banker part, everybody is after your money, but it's highly unusual for a, a piece of bank and Trojan uh, to go after personal information. Usually this kind of bank and Trojan uh, looks for stuff that can be monetized uh, rather than for information that can be used for other purposes. It was highly surprising uh, for us to see the Turdo uh, goes after social logins or after uh, email logins. Just by inspecting the traffic uh, between us and our inboxes, uh, Turdo can actually get its hands on our uh, Gmail logins or our Microsoft Live logins. This might actually have a, a reasonable explanation if we think that a couple of banks, for instance, use two-factor authentication in the form of tokens sent via email. So when you need to confirm a transaction, you get an email from the bank with a, spe- a special number that you can only use once. Mm. After the transaction completes, uh, that token gets voided and uh, uh, you need to require a new token to carry out uh, a new transaction. But then again, this feature can be abused for more than banking transaction. Basically, somebody could have unrestricted access to our email logins and uh, use whatever information they find there for different other purposes. Yeah, and it's interesting you all noted in your research that it's specifically instructed not to gather data from VK.com, which of course is a large Russian social media platform. Exactly. Um, most of these bank consultants, especially those that build on the legacy of Zeus, uh, tend to avoid uh, the former Soviet Union space. Uh, th- this might be due to the fact that its operators uh, live there and would like would rather not uh, stir any kind of conflict that could have them prosecuted in the region. To give you just an example of what could happen if they if they attacked their own countries. Um, I would like to uh, mention the case of Carburb, another very, very uh, interesting banker Trojan, uh, whose operators have been arrested arrested after inadvertently attacking a Ukrainian bank. Uh, so this team was uh, residing in Ukraine, and by mistake they attacked a Ukrainian bank, which automatically brought them into the local authorities' spotlight. So they were arrested in less than five days after the attack. I see. So let's walk through how uh, this Turdo works. Um, How does someone initially get compromised by it? There are two attack avenues, uh, one which is aimed at uh, the general public 
and one that looks like it's aimed at professionals and companies. Uh, for the general public, uh, there's this uh, infection with an exploit kit. Uh, basically, uh, a user, a potential victim, doesn't have to interact uh, w- with a with a spam message, uh, but rather to stumble upon an infected web page that assesses the security level of their browser and the third-party software in order to plant an exploit. That exploit would make the browser crash, for instance, and when it recovers, the browser will inadvertently uh, trigger the execution of Terdo in its memory space. That would result in an infection, and from there on, Terdo will will try to subvert bank transactions and log uh, critical information. That would be the attack avenue for a regular consumer. For companies, we presume that the infection happens through a rigged PDF file that comes as a, a, an attachment to spam emails. When it is opened, uh, it triggers the execution of Teardo. So in, in both of those situations, is there any indication that anything's going on? Does the user have to you know, click through or give it any permission to, to start running? No, because it's uh, both both attack avenues are based on uh, on an exploit inside the browser. The user will only see that the browser has crashed and uh, that it has recovered back. But that's not enough evidence to to presume that you are infected or that something has happened, something bad has actually happened on your computer, because we all have some some bad times when our browser crashes out of the blue and it, it just recovers. So we for People who are less tech savvy, this would not be an indication that their uh, browser has been, that their computer has been compromised. And um, just like any other bank of Trojan, uh, Terdo is extremely sneaky and very, very difficult to isolate and contain. Uh, it has multiple mechanisms that protect it against uh, antivirus scanning, for instance, or against uh, shutdowns. Whenever it's shut down, there, it, it has some sort of a watchdog process that brings it back to life. It is very difficult for uh, an untrained user to tell an infection and stop it. Well, let's go through that. Can you highlight some of the ways that Turdo runs once it's been installed in your system? Uh, yes, um, uh, Terdo, uh, w- once it has uh, been installed on the system, uh, will inject itself into all browser processes. It makes sure that uh, it runs in Windows Internet Explorer, in Firefox, in Chrome, and any other browser that the user might have uh, on the system. Uh, it hooks the browser processes, so everything that the user types in the browser or gets displayed in the browser uh, actually goes through that web proxy it uh, sets up earlier in the infection stage. I, I think that that web proxy component is actually the most important part of the malware because it's that component that helps the malware decrypt SSL encrypted messages. So um, before it starts modifying anything, it just creates uh, an universal certificate authority so it can negotiate digital certificates on behalf of the banks it targets or social networks it targets. We believe that we are talking to Facebook uh, while in uh, in fact, we are talking to the web proxy, which is talking to Facebook on our behalf. So uh, that web proxy becomes a man in the middle between us and uh, the page we'll try to visit. And everything, even encrypted information, flows through that web proxy. 
uh, that web proxy also logs critical information that it has been instructed to look after, like usernames, passwords, cookies, fragments of conversation, and of course, uh, banking transactions. And it stacks them into a log file. That log file will be further sent to the attackers at a specific interval of time. Take us through what's going on in terms of the command and control server. The command and control server is still a mystery because uh, we don't have access to that component yet. Uh, we can see what's happening in the user space, what, what the payload is trying to communicate to the command and control server, and we are trying to understand how the control uh, server works based by that information. We're still trying to get our hands on a copy of of a command and control server, but this requires extensive collaboration with law enforcement. So we are trying to seize one to see exactly what the communication patterns are, how we can uh, intercept this communication, and how we can notify potential uh, victims that have connected to the command and control server. But this is a, a, this kind of operations usually take a lot of time. Well, let's talk about persistence. How does Terdo manage to stay on your system through restarts? Terdo employs a couple of uh, uh, very advanced tricks to to survive uh, a restart. Usually, it adds itself to the registry keys to make sure that it boots along with your uh, operating system. And it also creates some scheduled jobs that are responsible both for starting watchdog processes and, of course, are responsible for uh, attempting to update uh, the malware to the latest version. Every time uh, the command and control server communicates the malware that there's a new version, it undergoes a, a serious uh, scrutiny to make sure that it's actually installing another version of the malware as designed by its creator and not a spoofed version that could hijack uh, the Terdo malware uh, for, for the for the different cybercrime gang. So uh, competition in this industry is very harsh. And uh, whoever operates and builds uh, Terdo uh, has made sure that it's, it always stays in control of the malware. And persistence is uh, also assured by the fact that uh, Terdo is injected in all DLLs running on the system. Uh, so even if a process gets killed by the antivirus or by the user, uh, different other processes running, instances of Terdo will uh, will continue the surveillance and monitoring. This is very important for a cyber espionage tool uh, because in those moments where it's not active, uh, the user might have exchanged crucial information uh, that could have escaped the the attackers. So ensuring persistence and making sure that you're always running on the computer will also increase the odds that uh, the malware is intercepting uh, interesting information that can be actually uh, monetized by the operators. Do you have a sense for how widespread Terdo is so far? It's not very very widely spread. Terdo is just recovering from a period of inactivity. We used to see Terdo since uh, March 2016. In December 2016, it was almost extinct. We we didn't see too much Terdo activity. In December, though, it started to reemerge in this new form that uh, uses um, a web proxy component for espionage and that also uses a secondary uh, spreading mechanism in the form of uh, rigged email attachments 
uh, to make it to to companies. Before that, it was only spread by Sundown Exploit Kit, which which was kind of popular in Asia and Pacific, and this might account for its very very low spread before that. Even if it's not very very uh, widely spread. Uh, this malware is important because uh, for once it targets your bank account and if it lands on the wrong computer, like a payroll computer in a company, it could inflict damages in millions. And secondly, it goes after more than the money. It, it pretty much goes through all our logins, steals whatever it can uh, from our computers. So uh, we, we could also lose uh, money, social accounts, and even information that might pertain to our employee in case we are running our email operation from a Google-based app. What is your advice for people to protect themselves against this? What's the best approach? Uh, the best approach would be to make sure that they don't let uh, spammy emails in. Uh, sometimes we are tempted to open up emails that look like invoices or uh, that look like failed delivery notices because we want to see what we have been missing out. Most of the times these failed uh, delivery notices and fake invoices usually harbor malware and this is the primary way we get infected with Terdo. Uh, Secondly, uh, a good security solution installed on a computer should block this threat from installing in the first place or if it has made it through our defenses, uh, should pick it up when uh, when it attempts to modify digital certificates on our computer or when it uh, attempts to modify banking transactions. A good security solution will be able to intercept it, but uh, we have zero chances of detecting that ju- just by looking at the computer with our eyes. Our thanks to Bob Bodazatu from Bitdefender for joining us. You can find a complete white paper on the Terdo banking trojan on Bitdefender's website. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice... Then, you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills all using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. CyberBit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.